All right, we are back. Sports are your friend. Getting ready to go through some exciting week 15 NFL action. Let's go. Week 15 in the NFL starts this week. We got started yesterday with an exciting game between the Las Vegas Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. Hope I'm not the only one still struggling to get that right. Used to be San Diego and Oakland. Came down to the end. Um, Obvious takeaways. Anthony Lynn probably trying to get fired at this point. Justin Herbert only threw the ball once in the fourth quarter, which basically is a crime at this point with how good he's looked. Regardless, we're staying positive. We're on to the rest of the Week 15 action. Staying positive because we get Saturday NFL football this week starting 3.30 Central Time. Buffalo traveling to Denver. Buffalo favored by five points over under at 49. Both teams coming off of wins last week as well as Buffalo won against Denver last year. That game was at home, though. Last time, Buffalo won on the ground, having 244 rushing yards in that game, whereas this year they're only averaging 102.5. They're going to have to win through the air if they want to have a chance against Denver, mostly through Stefan Diggs. And just to address that, I think both sides won, won that trade at this point, obviously, with the Vikings using that first-round pick to get Justin Jefferson. I think both sides came out good there. It is interesting that the line on this has moved a little bit closer for Denver. It started out at Buffalo minus six. Either way, not getting scared. Josh Allen is as hot as anybody is right now. I'm riding with him now, and I think Buffalo wins this game. There were a couple props on this game that I thought stuck out to me. Stefan Diggs, I believe, in all but one game, has hit the over on total receptions. In this game, that number is six and a half. The other, Josh Allen, over 28 and a half rushing yards. The second game we get on Saturday, Carolina travels to Green Bay to take them on at 7.15 Central Time. Unfortunately, still no Christian McCaffrey, it looks like, for Carolina. Otherwise, they are getting a little bit healthier after their receivers had some COVID issues the week prior. Green Bay favored by eight in this game, over under at 51 and a half. Thought it was interesting. Rodgers all-time is 3-3 three and three against Carolina. I think the story of this game ends up being the Carolina defense is a little bit too young to keep up with the likes of Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones. Look for a lot of hard counts from Rodgers and just trying to rely on the mystique of Lambeau for some of those young guys. I think Rodgers ends up with that record being 4-3 and three by the time we all go to bed. Saturday night, Green Bay wins. The early game Sunday, we start out with Tampa Bay traveling to Atlanta. Tampa Bay favored in this game by 6 points, over under at 48.5. A couple interesting fantasy notes already come out. Julio Jones is ruled out for this game, as well as Ronald Jones. That'll open the door for a Leonard Fournette redemption after he was a healthy scratch last week, but they also ended up using LaShawn McCoy more in that game. Tampa Bay looked a lot better 
coming out of their bye week. Seem to have a little bit better offensive plan, not as much of the no risk at no biscuit without giving Brady protection. It's clear that he still has the deep ball in his arsenal. They just need to keep six and seven man protections in to allow him to feel comfortable in that pocket and let it loose. Fournette is not the only one with the opportunity for redemption on Sunday. Interim head coach for Atlanta, Raheem Morris, faces the team that he was the head coach of for three years, roughly a decade ago. Along with another former Buccaneers head coach, Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator now for Atlanta. So while it is no doubt that the Falcons will be motivated going into this game, it is just not enough for me to trust them in this one. I will say Tampa Bay wins on the road. Next, we have the 49ers traveling to Dallas. 49ers favored by three points over under at 45. Interesting decision earlier in the week with Kyle Shanahan choosing to stick with Nick Mullins after what many are describing as an underwhelming performance. It is worth noting, though, if you look at Nick Mullins' numbers this year compared to Jimmy Garoppolo's, he has a very similar number as far as completion percentage, yards per attempt, air yards per attempt, touchdown to interception ratio, things of that nature. But this very well could be more of an indictment of C.J. Beathard as it is an endorsement of Nick Mullins. They say the best ability is availability, and so far Jimmy Garoppolo has not really shown that in his 49ers career. So at this point in the season, Shanahan needs to be evaluating all options at the quarterback position for moving forward. If the season were to end today, they would have the 12th overall pick in next year's draft and be in good position to either take a quarterback there or trade up with a team say like the Los Angeles Chargers at 9, that might be a spot for them to move up. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball, Ezekiel Elliott and his large contract not working out for the Cowboys with his yards per game average being on a steady decline throughout his career, starting at 108.7 his rookie year, all the way down to 64 yards per game this year. That's not all Zeke's fault. Part of that is a result of a diminishing offensive line The same offensive line probably won't be good enough to hold back the San Francisco pass rush. I think San Francisco's run game ends up running all over Dallas's weak run defense, and San Francisco wins this game. We've picked four games so far, and in three of them I've picked the road team. That trend will not continue here as we look at Detroit traveling to face Tennessee. Tennessee favored by 11 points in this game, over under at 51.5. The big storyline here is Derrick Henry's quest to get to 2,000 yards. Detroit is averaging giving up 132.8 rushing yards per game to opponents. Henry currently at 1532 going into this game. That means he needs to average 156 yards a game for the next three. I think he does better than that in this game, especially if Stafford's out. He's currently doubtful with that rib injury. It is an interesting note that Detroit's actually better on the road this year. They're 1-5 at home, 4-3 and three on the road. If Stafford plays, it makes it interesting with the Titans' defense still being full of holes in the secondary and without a pass rush, really. But I still think Tennessee wins it. Staying in the AFC South, we move on to Houston, traveling to Indianapolis. Indianapolis favored by 7.5 points, over-under 51.5 Important storyline there is T.Y. Hilton getting hot at the right time. Over the last three games, he scored four touchdowns and is averaging over 92 yards a game. 
particularly against Houston. He's habitually had good games, averaging almost 97 yards against them. While I've always been a self-proclaimed Phillip Rivers hater, it's hard to deny that he's having one of his better years. Between Rivers only having a one-year deal and the obvious connection between Carson Wentz and Frank Reich, it's led a lot of people, including myself, to speculate that the Colts might have some interest in Wentz if the Eagles do decide to trade him this coming offseason. But with the way Rivers is playing, if he wants to stick around for another year, that might make it a difficult decision for them moving forward. I really want to pick the Texans in this game. I do. If there was a way that I could only pick Deshaun Watson, I would. Unfortunately, the 50-some-odd other guys on the team also get paid to play, and I don't think that the rest of the roster in Houston can line up against the rest of the roster in Indy. Indianapolis wins. New England travels to Miami for what has felt like their annual trap game the past few years. Games like the Miami Miracle a couple years back. Miami favored by one point, meaning that on a neutral site, New England would actually be favored. Over under, 41.5 points. Tua has been impressive so far. Uh, The first couple games he really didn't have to do much, but 4-2 as a starter with one of those two losses being against Kansas City is not a bad way to start off your NFL career. New England, on the other hand, followed up a 45 to nothing routing of the Los Angeles Chargers with a 3 to 24 loss against the Rams. Cam Newton's five passing touchdowns to 10 interceptions does not look that good. Whenever you look at a Miami defense that managed to pick off Patrick Mahomes three times last week, Miami wasn't quite ready for the Cam Newton rushing offense that New England deployed in the week one. I think they've had a little bit more time to review that film and make adjustments, though. There have always been long-standing statistics about Bill Belichick versus rookie quarterbacks, as well as against former assistants. I think that some of those might be aging out a little bit, though. The rookie quarterbacks could also be skewed by New England's division not being very good for quite some time. I say Miami wins this game. It doesn't feel good picking against Bill especially with the extra time that he's had since they played on Thursday last week. I don't necessarily feel good about it. I'm going with it, though. Sticking with Miami, but could go either way. Another division matchup next with Chicago traveling to Minnesota. Minnesota favored by 2.5 over under at 46.5. The real storyline where the game kind of flipped a switch the last time they played is whenever Akeem Hicks got injured. He was managing to almost single-handedly affect Dalvin Cook and the Minnesota running attack last game. Hicks is back healthy for this game, and with the way that he and Dalvin Cook were chirping back and forth last time, I have no doubt that he will have something to prove. Also of note, this was a game in which Nick Foles was the starting quarterback for Chicago, and of course their only touchdown in that game came from a Cordero Patterson kickoff return. More is, of course, a relative term, but I have more confidence in Mitchell Trubisky right now. I'm going with Chicago in this one. But please, Chicago, myself and fantasy managers everywhere beg you, please let Allen Robinson play with a good quarterback at some point in his career. That's all we ask. Whether it be with you, somebody else, doesn't matter. We all just want to see what Allen Robinson could do with some elite quarterback play. Next up, we have Seattle traveling to Washington. Seattle favored by 6.5 points, over under at 43.5. 
Sad news is Alex Smith is out with a calf injury this week. That does open the door for Dwayne Haskins to have another shot at redemption here. Get back in good graces with Ron Rivera. Somehow fell off a cliff so fast there. Remember back in the early stages of the season, Haskins was giving the halftime speech to the team while Rivera was getting medical treatment for his cancer treatments. Went from that to benched. Um, Alex Smith was obviously performing really well. I actually think I might have gone with Washington in this game if Smith was healthy. I don't know what to expect out of Dwayne Haskins. I'm not sure that the Washington football team knows what to expect out of Dwayne Haskins. I do think because of that, we're going to expect a little bit more of a classic Pete Garrell game. Not as much of the hashtag let Russ cook movement going on in this one. I think it'll be a lot of establishing the run. Should be able to slow down Washington's pass rush that way. That would really be Washington's best hope at winning. Um, I mean, that's, that's really how they were able to get things going last week with the turnovers. I think it will work out best if Seattle plays it patient, and just tries to force Haskins into being the one that makes the mistakes. I think they do that. I think Seattle wins. Jacksonville's traveling to Baltimore to face a Ravens team that's favored by 13 points, over under at 48. I've just had one just vision in my head about this game over and over again. Thinking back to last week's game for Jacksonville, where the Titans just kept on running Derrick Henry, blocking everyone down and leaving Derrick Henry one-on-one with a corner to either make a move, stiff arm, run over, whatever the case may be. Baltimore is going to be just locked and loaded, ready to do that with their stable of running backs, whether it be J.K. Dommins, Mark Ingram, Gus Edwards, but also Lamar Jackson. Running with the quarterback is just a math problem. You get an extra blocker that way. So where the Titans were leaving, one man unblocked, boom. Now Baltimore has that guy taken care of too. I think Baltimore runs all over them. We do get the excitement of Minshew Mania coming back. I don't think that's going to be enough to give Jacksonville the win here, obviously. It will give Baltimore's defense a good opportunity to get a little bit more confidence built up. They've not been playing up to their normal standard the past few weeks. The next three games, they have Jacksonville, the Giants, and then Cincinnati to close out the season. So that good should be able to give them a strong push towards the playoffs. Right now is the eighth seed. Baltimore is kind of on the outside looking in. But Miami in the seventh seed has a much tougher end of season schedule with home for the Patriots this week, at the Raiders, and then at the Bills to round out their season. So I think Baltimore has a real good shot of ending up with that last playoff spot instead of Miami. We get into the late window Sunday games, starting with the Jets traveling to play the Rams. Rams favored by 17.5 points with the over-under at 43.5. Look, there's not a lot we don't already know about this matchup. One name that I think you should know, John Wolford. Who's that? That would be the Rams' backup quarterback. You're probably going to get to see him play for the first time. Uh, Maybe six minutes left in the third quarter. Who knows? This game will be a blowout. Not not going to be all negative, though. Like I said earlier, we're staying positive. So if you're somebody out there in a fantasy matchup who needs a running back, Daryl Henderson, probably going to get another, another shot here for the Rams. It's not going to be all Cam Akers in this game. I think it's going to be a lot of running the ball. 
This game should be over fast. L.A. wins. L.A. wins. The Jets get to continue their streak towards 0-16. I think at this point it's all but locked up for them. They're at the Rams this week, obviously. Home for the Browns. And then at the Patriots to end the season. Next we have Philadelphia traveling to the desert to face the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona favored by 6 points over under at 49. Look, Jalen Hurts looked good last week. Looked really good. I don't know if Doug Peterson was just calling a different game for him or what the case may be, but he was playing with way more confidence than Carson Wentz has been. It's worth noting that Arizona plays a lot of man coverages and mobile quarterbacks obviously have a good opportunity to run against man coverage if he wants to get out and scramble. Arizona also allowing a lot of completions um, on on bootlegs and things like that. Jalen Hurts obviously like to scramble outside of the pocket. I think the group that's going to need the most improvement from last week is going to be Philadelphia's wide receivers. They're still not a very strong unit there. I think they need to step up big in this game. Another week of practice with Jalen Hurts, though, should should help kind of bridge that gap. Look, Kyler Murray is obviously must-watch television every week, but the Philadelphia front end is really good. I've probably flipped back and forth more on this game than I have any of them, but I'm going with Philly. Next up, hot take alert, my game of the week this week, yours too probably, Kansas City traveling to New Orleans, Kansas City favored by three points over under at 52. Drew Brees is going to be playing in this game, so not as much of the Taysom Hill experience in this one. Unfortunately, Michael Thomas will be out. This could end up being a Super Bowl preview for this year. A lot of people have New Orleans finally making it, I guess getting over whatever curse has ended up knocking them out of the playoffs the past three years. Look, I expect this game to just stay on red zone, basically, and us see just a ton of offensive plays that we've never seen before. It's worth noting, I just kind of find this funny, Peter King likes to tell a story about an interview that he did with Sean Payton, where Payton is talking about some of the different things that he could do with Taysom Hill and how he envisioned one day having a play where he had basically no one lined up at quarterback and then right before the ball is snapped, somebody motions into the quarterback spot, takes a snap, executes the play. That's exactly what Andy Reid has done multiple times this year with what they call their Ferrari package for Patrick Mahomes. I expect to see something like that from Peyton and a lot of going back and forth there. Obviously, two of the better offensive minds in our league just duking it out. I think it's going to be must-watch TV Also for fantasy managers, it's worth noting, Drew Brees back means Alvin Kamara back. He probably got you to the playoffs. You've probably been nervous the past few weeks. Lock it in. You start your studs. Only fitting in a game where I'm saying that I expect so much offense to be played that I think probably the one player that might have the biggest hand in changing the outcome of this game, Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think if he can disrupt some of those passing lanes for Drew Brees, that would just be able to knock Drew off his game enough to give Kansas City the upper hand. That, and it's really just hard to pick against Patrick Mahomes right now. Going with Kansas City. Next, for the first time in the history of Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys got flexed out of that game. Instead, we have Cleveland traveling to face the Giants and the Colt McCoy revenge game. Cleveland 
favored by six and a half points in this game, over under at 44. It is tragic that we don't get to see OBJ in this game. It would have been nice to see him return back to MetLife to face his old team. I still like what Joe Judge has done with this team, especially with that defense that I still think is a little bit underrated. But the confidence meter definitely went down a little bit last week, starting Daniel Jones whenever he was clearly still injured, was not able to be as mobile as he needs to be. Look, that's, that's definitely a part of his game. And so with him not being able to run, that definitely hurt them. Last week, I think that Cleveland just needs to be patient in this game, which is going to be a test for Baker and Stefanski. They've been pretty good at being patient in the run game. It might not always be there that way with this defense, but if they can stay patient, not make any mistakes, allow the game to come to them, I think that would be a good maturation process for them going into the playoffs on a team that does not have a lot of playoff experience with a first-time head coach. This is going to be a real test to see how that playoff run could end up going for them. I do think Cleveland wins just because they have the overall better team. Um, But it it could go either way if they don't stay patient and allow the game to kind of come to them. Then to cap the week on Monday night, we have Pittsburgh, who has come down to earth a little bit, landing in Cincinnati to play the Bengals. Pittsburgh favored by 13 points. Over-under at 40, our lowest total of the week. Look, Pittsburgh is no doubt going to be motivated after facing their first two losses of the year in back-to-back games. But going up against a Bengals team that has a Joe Burrow and Joe mixon size hole in it, I don't think that this is going to be too tough of a game for Pittsburgh. I would like to point out that if Kansas City does manage to lose against New Orleans, Pittsburgh should have a little bit extra motivation here. That would open the door for them to have the one seed again. Pittsburgh does need to get a few things sorted out on offense, including getting their running game figured out. They've not been good in that area. Also, their passing game has been super predictable, uh, with it mostly being short yardage throws. Um, If they need six, they throw seven. If they need eight, they throw nine, etc. They need to get a little bit more diverse there figure out that running game or it's going to be a fast out in the playoffs for them either way they win this game all right that caps us off for the nfl week 15 slate i did promise a little bit of nba this week so i'll get to that now we've got the nba season kicking off december 22nd look i'm not sure how closely i'll be able to follow the regular season at least until the nfl is wrapped up after the super bowl normally i'm more of a playoff nba and enthusiast anyway but I am excited to see Golden State play Brooklyn in the season opener on December 22nd from what I've seen of both Steph Curry and Kevin Durant coming back off those injuries they both looked phenomenal so I think that game should be a really good game obviously the the Christmas games are normally the highlight especially this year with us getting the schedule moved back due to the whole bubble I'm excited to see Pelicans heat on Christmas Day kind of foresee myself being a little bit of a bandwagon Pelicans fan. I just I, I like a lot of the players on that team, so I think that might be might be my my top pick in games to watch that day. Capping Christmas night with Mavericks Lakers though will also be a treat. That's all I have for this week. So enjoy the games this weekend and remember to have fun.